Hey, Brock, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you? I'm pretty good. My shower, the, the hot water boiler at my gym has been broken. And so I know there are benefits to cold showers, and I've taken a few to like test it out. But there's truly nothing more frigid than when there actually is no hot water. Because like you can't even cheat a little bit and make it like a tad bit warm. It's like ice cold. So it's made for some very interesting showers the past, uh, it's been about a week. Oh, in the winter too. Yes, it is frigid. Oh man. How's the gym going? Well, today was my 49th workout oh. since I started right before Thanksgiving. So I've been there. I've really only missed like one, maybe two days a week since we started. So we, we trained with Mike when we were out in LA. That was like the first time I lifted weights in about eight years. Hmm. And I've been going back every day and it feels really good. And I'm definitely starting to see the results. Nice. And, and you're doing, um, which program again? Alexander Cortez, his Achilles program, which is based on Brad Pitt's physique in the movie Troy. Okay, nice. And so is that like, like how many, like how, how long are you spending in the gym each session? So there's three phases. I finished the first phase in December. So I, because I started a little bit in November and then I traveled and everything, I basically just started December 1st for phase one. Uh, and the workouts were taking me about 40 minutes uh, because there's like three sets of uh, each workout and each day is like either chest uh, chest shoulders back legs and then there's uh, core workouts associated with each of those now I'm in phase two and there's extra exercises within each of the groupings and there's four four sets and so now it's taking me about 50 55 minutes and then core on top of that and so I'm at the gym about an hour to an hour 15 minutes I, I was there for about an hour every day in the first phase and now it's been taking me about an hour 20 minutes to finish everything this time but you had said it a while ago that it's like a part-time job and it absolutely is like i get to the my alarm goes off at 4:50, i pull into the gym at like 502 and then i usually get home and start working about you know 6 45 7 o'clock <laughs> that's crazy man <laughs> so i'm i'm just entering my like third rem cycle around that time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it feels like it does feel very good, though. I, I I played around with like there was a few days where I would get out here and start working very early and then I'd go at lunchtime, but I didn't really like that. I couldn't like get into a good rhythm. But now that I have this pretty much down, it's been working out really well. Unfortunately, the gym only work opens at seven on the weekends. And so I have to like wait until it opens. And then, you know, I get home. I usually cut those short because I try to get home when my son wakes up at eight. And so it's been very it feels, feels really, really good. I'm worried now that I've lost all of my endurance because I really haven't done much cardio in this time, mm -hmm. but it's really about like building up the muscles I haven't used for a while. And so I'll probably get back into running a little bit in the summer, but it feels really good to like have my routine and my circuit. And I feel really good about all the stuff. And I've been using the strong app. I think, you know, as I, we talked to the guys out in LA, that was by far the most recommended app out there. And so yeah. having the documentation is good too. Yeah, it's, I mean, forty nine workouts already. That's crazy. Like, it's it's so cool to see see that number going up. You know. Yeah, and each time it says your personal bests, and then you can look at the charts. You know, like my one RM thing. Every time I increase weights, because like I'm basically increasing weights every two, every second time that I do a particular grouping, I'll end up increasing their weights, and so uh, it just feels really good to up that, lower my reps, but up in the weight, and so. 
hopefully I'll have a nice, nice stuff to show off in spring. Awesome. Yeah. I, I was doing a, like a push pull legs type thing that was like really focused on like strength. Like I'd say it was closer to like a, like a strong lift five by five or something like that. And then I don't know, like program hops. I know that's, that's like a, a very noob mistake, but I was just getting really bored and I, I was finding that it was, I wasn't looking forward to really going to the gym. And so I kept hearing about this, uh, this other program called the hard gainer solution. And it's like much, it's much more varied. So, and it's, there's a lot of supersets, so you don't really, there's not very many breaks and you're in the gym for like an hour and a half, but it's only three times a week. And so I, I started that at the, at the beginning of the new year. I'm really liking that so far because you kind of leave with like full body soreness, <laughs> you know, you got a full body workout and since you're not taking as many breaks, your heart rate's up, you know, almost the whole time. And then I'll add like 10 minutes of running just to do a little bit of cardio. Um, cause I don't want to like. You know, I think a lot of people for guys like us, for like skinny guys, like people say, oh, you don't do any cardio because you want to build muscle. But it's like, it's not really about that. It's like you want to keep your heart in good shape. You know, that's why you do cardio. So I oh, want yeah. to stop doing it. <laughs> well, that's why I'm glad this has broken them into phases because I definitely got to a point in like the third week where I was very comfortable with what I was doing. I was increasing the weights, but like I knew every day, like I would hit this machine, this machine, because it, it changes each day, but you know, you get into a routine. And so then it all switched this last week and I had to learn totally new exercises that I hadn't done in the first phase. And so I could definitely see where, you know, the repetition would really, would really wear you out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Very cool. So that program you're doing now, is that the one that you have posted in your story, the, the gains story? Uh, so that, that was just the, the, the gains was like after six months, uh, or no, like three months of, um, of push pull legs, like a basic, uh, strength training workout, uh, and then I just started this new one. And so I'm going to post another like physique update. I don't know, probably after the first quarter of, uh, 2019. So it's, it's less like, it's less like really heavy, like basic lifts, like, like deadlifts, bench and stuff. I mean, you still do that, but it's more, um, more higher rep, uh, you know, muscle fatigue. And then like just a lot of different accessories. I mean, still free weights, but a lot of different movements. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just like, honestly, I think, I think that's, there's probably any, any good program, like any tested program is probably good if you stick with it. I just want to do something. I think not getting bored and enjoying your exercise is like one of the most important parts. And so that's what I'm trying to, to accomplish. Yeah. And my biggest unlock, like I've wanted, I've always said that if I had more time, I would lift and I, and I finally got to the point where I did, but now like I wanted to have something that was very structured, like you're saying, like you want to have something that you can go in and follow and keep with. And that's why, like, I think this program that I bought from Alexander Cortez was like $50 or something. And like, that's been, I've gotten my money's worth out of that considerably because I can see the movements in the strong app and then I can follow the program. And then it talks about the, the reasoning behind it. And so like, even though I had never bought anything like that online, it was like, it was like worth that little extra hump just to be committed to something and now I'm like, I'm even looking forward to finishing this and then starting over from phase one, but just increasing, you know, all my weights and everything to keep the program going. Cause I like having this routine and this structure. And so totally. thank you for joining the, the buttoned up lifting podcast. <laughs> this is our sub podcast. Well, you know, it has two, two unqualified lifters, but exactly what's, what's fun though about doing stuff like this as a content creator, as like a YouTuber is you, I don't know if you feel this way, but everything I'm doing I always feel like there's an opportunity to share it in some way or to create content around it or to, 
you know, inspire other people with it. So like, I'm never going to be like a fitness channel. Like I'm I'm never going to be like a lifting expert, but it's kind of cool that like I can show lifting progress or like make a video about my workout routine or, or my, what I wear to the gym. And it's not, it's not coming from an expert expert's perspective, it's, but it's, you know, people are still interested in that. So I kind of, I don't feel like, I feel like it's almost doing double duty, you know, when, when you have a channel to, uh, to share your stuff with. Oh yeah. I also feel like everything you're doing is just going to help your own presentation as a content creator, which is the, you know, this other side benefit that I have. I do it for my health and then it's like, Oh, it's, it's great. Cause I also look better in photos, uh, yep. over time. So, yeah. Well, you kind of went dark over the holidays and I, like I stopped posting, you know, much, most of my stories around Christmas, but then I was like, you know, people don't really want to see what I'm doing. And then every time you posted, I was like, Oh, I wonder what Brock's up to. So it was like, I, I kind of backtracked on why I wanted to do that. It's tough, man. It's tough to like, you don't want to, you want to be present, you know, like over the holidays, the family and everything, but obviously you also want to share stuff. And so yeah, I, I kind of took it pretty easy and just, you know, snap some stories and stuff when, when I felt like it, but didn't feel like obligated to do it all the time. But yeah, I totally went dark with posting. I didn't do any, you know, any new year stuff, um, any like Christmas deals or like anything like that. And it, it felt great, man. I'm like refreshed. <laughs> yeah. Recharged. Yeah. Spent the, the whole time on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little New York trip and, uh, had a, a fun holiday party with the Peter Manning crew and then went down to DC and Maryland, catch up with my, uh, you know, old friends there and family, hang out with the nieces. So yeah, just, just a nice little break. I know I'm so cognizant now, especially you know Paul McGregor posts a lot about social media and, and being on your phone and everything. And it's like my wife and I, my wife actually deleted Instagram uh, a couple weeks ago, and so both of us are very much like if we're home, the phones are on the chargers out in the kitchen, and, and we're doing other stuff, and so very nice to to get away yeah well I've, i followed uh some of your um travels in your on your personal vlog uh which is really interesting because it's you know you get to see your wife and and you in that setting um but i thought the uh the, the video about what you wear for a long trip was really interesting because that that's a that's such an important topic for anybody that travels you know that goes on like long flights and that, that was like an extreme example. Was it 36 hours? Uh, well, I ended up wearing that outfit. I said 50 in the video, but because they lost our luggage and I ended up wearing that an extra day, it was like I ended up in total in that trip wearing it for about 65 hours. And that's the you know the reason that I chose these technical garments. And it's a video I've wanted to do for a while, and that was like a really good concrete example. But now that I have that and I can see that you know people have an appetite for it, I'm definitely going to do more because – that's what I really honed when I was traveling a lot. Yeah, yeah, because you've already got that knowledge from you know your your last uh, job. Where you're traveling like what once a week or something. Oh yeah, I was in two to three cities a week. Yeah, yeah, but I mean you know when you're when you're going that far, like it's you can't just wear like regular jeans or, or regular chinos or something because like they will get dirty and smelly and you know be uncomfortable. So yeah, you, you actually have to you know, do some planning and invest in some, uh, performance fabric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been, I liked the, the whole vlog thing. I can, it gives me an entire appreciation. I, I vlogged our family trips last year. Uh, well, I shot the footage and edited it yet, but it gives me a whole new appreciation for the guys that do it every day. Cause it's a lot of work and it is like a complete grind. 
is it the editing that's a lot of work or is it just is it getting used to like filming yourself in public or what well it's getting used to filming yourself in public but also you end up like kind of editing through the day because you're thinking okay this is what i'm doing how do i set up the shot i need b-roll over here i want to enter like you know all, like casey and all these guys they'll walk into their office but they have to walk into the office put the camera down come back do the office and like you're kind of always thinking like oh well if casey was doing it, he would do it this way or if this guy was doing it and so you have to like you're you're too you're hyper aware the whole day and then when you sit down and edit it, it takes a couple hours to, to get through the thing. And so I didn't edit that while we were traveling. I don't I even have a laptop. I could have done it. I just shot it all and, and brought it back. But uh, it's definitely a it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done like one vlog. <laughs> it was just so much work. And I mean, like some people really appreciate it and they really want to see that more personal side. But it's just I don't know. I, I, I think if you have a vlog channel and that's what people expect, it makes sense. But it's, it's hard to uh, kind of just dip your toes in it every now and then, you know? Because I, I feel like the Casey Neistat's of the world, like, they're they're always thinking like that. It's, like, second nature for him to set up shots and, like, kind of backtrack that way to get to get those entering the office shots. But if you don't do it all the time, it's I can see that being stressful. Well, it is, but now he has, like, burned himself out. He barely posts anymore, and I think good for him that he's focusing on, you know, he's building 368 and everything, but you can tell that after, what, two years that he did the vlog every single day, he he mentioned it a few times, too. Like, he'd be with family, but he'd be like, oh, I have to run outside and, like, shoot a vlog so I have something to say and things. And so I like dipping into it every once in a while. Like, I think it's kind of fun, and it's definitely a good way to document the trip that otherwise, you know, I would have taken a few photos and, and maybe stash it away but now having those daily vlogs has been it's pretty cool i can look back on it and i'll i'll wait until i have something really interesting to shoot before i do another one yeah yeah true it is, it is kind of a just for personal reasons like a cool visual journal yeah and my wife was like sick the whole time uh she didn't feel very well but uh you know i was having a i was having a pretty good time nice <laughs> The last day, I think it goes up today uh, that we're recording this, is when we were in Amsterdam and like we took a chocolate tour in a vintage Fiat, and so like we were hopping around the city and everything. And it's cool to see Amsterdam like that. We only had sixteen hours to be there, and so we did as much as we could in that time. Uh, you know, I got a twenty minute video out of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. We'll look forward to that one. Maybe that'll be up by the time this goes up. Yeah, I think so. So you're back in the studio. You have your first video up of the year, which is your alpha video. And when you posted that, I was in the middle of shooting my a similar alpha video, but I did a whole narration on top of it. And I was like, damn it, I should have just done music. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on that because, I mean, the narration does help. And I think a lot of people want that. But I saw um, I saw Marcel do a couple like, like that where it was just music. And then I saw Brian over at He Spoke Style do one. I was like, I'm just going to try one. And it was actually, it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of work, but um, I thought the final product was pretty good. And, you know, you can use like text on the screen to like get little points across. Um, and people seem to like it. So I think I'm going to, that's going to be like a regular format, but I'm going to bring that back for like certain seasons or certain like categories. So maybe try to do, you know, one a month or something like that. But I have been, I, I kind of rearranged the studio and like clear out a bunch of stuff. Um, and kind of set it up in a way that's going to make that kind of thing much easier because it's such a mess to shoot that kind of video. There's just stuff everywhere. Oh, uh, I know. I just cleaned mine up this morning that I like shot a couple of days ago. But 
when it is a lot of work and I had trouble because I had like five outfits I wanted to shoot, but then I was like, well, I can change this sweater and that's a new outfit. And like, I almost turned it into 50. But my like million dollar question to you is, did you also shoot photos of the outfits for Instagram as you were doing it? Or do you just have the video? Well, now I'm living in regret. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as I was shooting it, I only did five and I was like, all right, I'm going to test this format and I'll do, maybe I'll do some more videos like this. And it it got me down this whole spiral. So keep stick, stick with me as I go through this thought process is, um, I was doing the outfits and as I was shooting it, I did it headless. So you can't see my head and it looks a lot like Chris Meehan's photos. And then I'm like, okay, I should be also shooting photos of this so that I can then make that. Uh, some sort of Instagram stuff, but then I was like, I don't want to look like a Chris Meehan copycat, but but there's a discussion around technology. So now if you look at YouTube, if you look at Instagram and X, you know, Facebook, they've all copied the stories format in the way that Kevin Systrom, founder of Instagram, justified it as he said, you know, Snapchat invented a format, which is the story, which is an incredible way to present information and visually tell stories. It's just like radio. So then Instagram and Facebook just adapted that format because it was a superior way of presenting information. And so I was like, well, you know what? Chris Meehan absolutely created that look and the style of business casual, you know, shoot the picture headless so you can present combos of things. And I think it's an incredible, it's the reason that he's grown the way he has. And I was like, well, if I've got these outfits, maybe people want to see my version, my combinations and my outfits based on and use that format because it's a great way to present, you know, shoes, pants, sweater and everything. And people can visually have themselves as that person because it's headless. And so now I'm sitting here like, okay, if I do more of this stuff, maybe I will. And maybe I'll message Chris Meehan and say, hey, I think you have a great format. Do you mind if I like also post similar pictures i don't know so i I think it's fine man i I honestly think on with with this line of work i think imitation is usually flattery and i see it all the time i see i mean you know i've borrowed from hugo i've seen brian borrow brian he's supposed to borrow from other people like i mean you just people we're we're all borrowing from each other I, i honestly think it's fine um but but the idea of like multi purpose shoots so like doing something and really planning ahead I mean, that's, I think that's kind of like, that's the secret sauce. And that's, that's the hardest part. Like when I was doing this shoot, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like a, a layering outfits. So like, here's some examples of like how I would just like create outfits with layers, you know? And I didn't plan the outfits. I just brought all the, all like my like 15 favorite pieces and just started getting dressed, you know? But then I was like, well, I could do, maybe I could do another video at the same time. And it would be like a certain color combination. So it could be like, you know, 10 outfits that are blue and green or whatever. But it got so messy because I, I did the same thing as you. Like I would like change one piece and it wouldn't really be a whole new outfit. It'd be like just a variation. And it got so messy that I was like, I really couldn't do two videos with this because they just look the same. But I think with like some more planning, if if I set up that shoot, it, it'd be like a huge, you know, it'd be an all day thing, but I could probably get like two or three videos out of it. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm, my head is at is like, you know, here's some combinations and a big thing too. And I know you've got a similar problem as I do is like, you've got all these clothes and it's like, let's, I want to maximize the things I can do with them because I don't need any more clothes. I just need to utilize the ones that I already have. And it's, and I think that's what Chris Meehan does in a, in a very strong way is like, he'll have khakis and a black shirt, but he'll switch the shoes and that's a different look. Right. And it's, it's like, that's, the, I think that's the type of thing that people want to see. And when I started my channel as like a channel for guys that work in business casual, smart casual environments. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to focus on this year and taking the approach of like, okay, here's the, the 
message that'll be conveyed, maybe that's as a blog post, but then the shoot can also become the video and the photo from it. The same way that we've talked, we've talked about in the past, you know, you go out to do a photo shoot, but then also shoot some B roll on the side, you know, multi-purpose. So if there's a theme that I have this year, it is more, uh, more impact, less, less effort because so much of what I've done now has been like well, this one-off stuff, but repurposing and thinking through things is, is going to be my big thing this year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's definitely that's definitely my theme too. And <laughs> sp- spending time too on like on higher level work, you know, N- not that like video editing or or photo editing or writing or anything is is not important, but it can't spend all day doing it, you know. So like I'm trying to um, I'm, I'm building out a team right now of like contributors for the blog, so you know I'll have more more and better content over on Mossman.com. Um, because I'm I'm spending so much time focusing on YouTube, you know, so it's kind of all applications. Please email Brock. Brock. Yes, you can you can email and uh, we'll review your application thoroughly. <laughs> if you really want to be considered, please spell it broke. Yes, B R O K E is the proper. That spelling. cracked me up. That was so good. <laughs> so that's a good segue, actually. So that was, yeah, that was funny. So that that email. So I I, I get an email from. I think I'd gotten a few emails that day from like, like kind of bad PR emails. And I was just like, you know, frustrated with them. I was like, oh, this, this will be a funny Instagram story. I honestly had never heard of Hudson and Maine. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure teaching men's fashion has talked about it on their channel, but I don't really watch the channel. So I hadn't heard of it. And I got this email and it was, it wasn't from them. It was from like this agency or like another company that I'd heard of. Um, but it wasn't from Hudson and Maine. So I didn't even click on the link or anything. I just like screenshotted it and put an Instagram story um, that I was like, you know, here, here's a brand that is asking for for sponsored content. And I offered to do organic content and they basically said no. <laughs> and so I thought, that's funny. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show people this. And then I started getting all these messages like, hey, that's Jose's company. Like, And then I, I looked for a review and of course found yours and then posted that. Um, but you know, it doesn't really change anything whose company it is. Like it's still an example of what I think kind of poor outreach. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that that email, I was surprised first that it didn't come from their like group from, cause I know Jose and his whole family works on the, the company, but I was surprised of that. But then also that uh, the email looked no different than when I get emails from Amazon sellers that are like, Hey, we'll send you some stuff. Please do a video for us. Like it's, it's so similar. And then they don't really, there's not really a dialogue about it. And I was also surprised that, you know, I've, I've never run into where they say we're only looking to pay for things. It's like, that's, that's also very odd. Yeah. I don't know if like, I don't feel like maybe there was like a language barrier or something, but, but yeah, it was, it was kind of weird to say. And actually I've, I've, the only time I've run into that is with like, like Daniel Wellington and um, there was a couple of other brands that they basically said, because most brands, if you say, listen, like I'm not, not really doing, um, not interested in a sponsorship. If you want to send stuff, I'll review. Like that's like the standard response that I give everybody. I'm sure you do the same. Most brands will send a sample, you know, they're like, sure. Like maybe we'll get an Instagram story out of it, or maybe they'll do a review if they like it. Um, like with Peter Manning, like we would never not send somebody a sample, you know, it's, it's such a low cost thing. It just, it's a no brainer. Um, so the fact they were like, no, we don't even want to send samples unless you basically are going to work with us. It's like, that's just crazy to me. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I I also say, and I have a video that's shot that'll be going up soon about sneakers where I say in the beginning, like, I hope we get away from a world where sponsorship equals bad because, you know, if I've I've done, what, three sponsored videos last year, but, like, on one of them, somebody was like, I can't believe this is sponsored. And you see the same thing on Ashley Weston's channel when she talked about the sneakers. People were, like, upset about the sponsorship. And there's definitely a right way and a wrong way to do things, but I hope we get beyond the world where... You know, if, if it's something is sponsored, then automatically it's it's bad. I think there's a vocal contingent of people that are that way, but I think for this this group this group of creators to continue in a way, sponsorships are going to continue, but they have to just be done properly. Yeah, I, I agree 100. I mean, I, I do sponsorships every now and then, and they really do help keep the lights on, you know. But I think certain like a sponsored review to me never almost never makes sense. Um, or, or if you're comparing two products and one of them has, has paid, that doesn't make sense to me either. And I think that's why that Ashley Weston video, Ashley Weston video got some hate because people are like, well, if, if you're comparing these three brands and one brand paid you, this is not a, a you know, uh, a subjective or this is not an objective video anymore, which I agree with, but I, and they happen to be the most favored, which exactly, exactly. That's, that one's tough. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, I, I think there is. A right way to do sponsorships and of course sponsored content isn't going anywhere i mean i just got a text from uh uh lee jacobs was at a affiliate summit uh and he said they had like a whole panel and you know m- much more heavily focused on influencers this year um so even even people who are into affiliate marketing are you know finding ways to to work with influencers and i think we're going to see more kind of hybrid packages where it's like you it is sponsored but it's also like and it's an affiliate relationship. So they're really looking for performance, but they are willing to pay a little bit of money to get started. Yeah, I agree. And if I was advising like Anson Belt or Movement Watches, I would tell them to stop doing YouTube videos for a while because uh, even when I did a video that, you know, it was not sponsored or anything, people hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once, once you get that, then again, I don't know, maybe it is just the vocal minority. Like maybe it's Obviously, it's it's doing. They're doing something right, you know. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter what what the what the haters say, but yeah. Although, if you're a hater and you have an audience like Ben Arthur, you can definitely start to change the narrative because his last he's done like three videos, I think, in the past couple of weeks about uh, you know. First, he did the Rolex thing that was very big when Alpha did the Rolex video, but then just yesterday he posted a video about all of, you know Alpha M and and TG Men's Fashion calling people ugly and how it's very true. It's Paul McGregor's message of the number one killer of, you know, young men in the UK is suicide. And it's, you know, they have a, they have a message behind it. But I was really surprised to see Jose jump in there within the first like hour and give him some, some thoughtful responses. And so I think that that vocal minority could definitely start to change some things. Totally. Yeah. I hope it does. I mean, it, it definitely, it feels to me like basically channels that are like over a million subscribers are like kind of too big to fail, you know, like they can sort of put out whatever and, um, and it's, it's going to work, but, but it is interesting to see that they're taking notice. I mean, and and it was, you know, going back to that Instagram story I posted, I got a reply from the, um, not the teaching men's fashion account, but the Zuniga's account. And I don't know, I don't know which, who it was, but basically kind of like they weren't happy that I posted that screenshot and, you know, they, they said that I was lying about the email. I was like, what? I posted the email, so it's like, I can't lie about it. Like People can read it. Um, but, you know, somebody noticed. And I don't know if somebody sent it to them or if they're just 
keeping an eye on things. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously they, you know, he, he watched that video that Ben put up and, and responded. So, um, I think like Ben said, like, we'll see if that, if that's, if that's a genuine response, like if they're going to take that into consideration, um, or if that's kind of a, you know, reputation management. Yeah, I know. It's interesting though. Cause it's, it's a trickle down effect of what's happening. Like, especially if you are in the media technology realm within news and reporting, there's this complete discussion now ever since the 2016 election about Facebook and the internet and how clickbaity and like, it's the exact, you know, approximation of this global discussion that people are having around the internet and news and reporting and everything else. But then it's happening in this microcosm of YouTube, which is when you're a big channel like that, you need to get the clicks. In order to get the clicks, YouTube will reward you if you have a clickbaity thumbnail and title. And so then, you know, people are getting kind of, uh, people are getting annoyed or, or, or sick of that sort of thing. But to continue to succeed that way, you've got, you got to get people to click it. So they call people ugly or, or they're very, uh, abrasive in the way that they present information. And so, um, you know, I think we're 2019 will definitely be the year of upheaval in the YouTube realm. And I think to watch you in the past few years, kind of distance yourself from certain types of creators is going to pay off. Or I, I, at least that would be my suspicion and like this new realm of people like I think Teddy Baldassar is a great example. I mean, he's seen incredible growth since he really focused on watches mm-hmm. uh, to see that sort of thing happen now with this whole new breed of creators that were inspired by the first ones, which is Real Men, Real Style, Teaching Men's Fashion, Air Marino, and, and even Gentleman's Gazette, who's very early on, too. I think 2019 is going to be an interesting year for all these channels. Totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think that it's it's fulfilling to to make content that you can be proud of and to kind of do your own thing and not just try, try to follow in the wake of, of those big channels. Um, but I also hope that the smaller channels and I, and I, I'm optimistic about it can also build big businesses, you know, off doing it the right way or, 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 you know, their way. Um, and I think Teddy is a great example of that, you know, having a product line to support the channel or, I say a channel to support the product line. Um, that's one really good way to do it, you know, cause I, I don't want, I don't want smaller creators to, um, kind of be spiteful or like, feel like they have to like martyr themselves. You know, I want them to also be able to make money and, uh, and, you know, be successful e- even if they're not doing clickbait and they're not doing, you know, every video is sponsored. Yep. Absolutely. I had a talk that I gave once at a smaller conference where I said that, subscription models were built on the shattered glass of previous business models and that's what i think about with this you know space is like there's maybe two dozen youtube channels that have been built on you know the inspiration of other ones and they're doing it in a different way which is myself too it's like i know i can't do articles on five or videos on a five hair hacks so i'm taking a different approach and i'm happy to find i'm very honored to find an audience that is uh reciprocal to that sort of thing but now also addressing or trying to get into more videos that have been requested for many years because I'm, you know, we talked about that in our last episode. So you can hear more of that in, in our, I think that was November, did I go to December? Whatever our last episode with Brock and I was for the interviews. But yeah. all those people that are new, we're trying to find them so we can talk to them here. You know, we've invited uh, several others and we're trying to make sure we, you know, connect with the people that are doing great work out there. And so 
always open for suggestions and trying to get people on. Totally. Yeah. It's gonna be an exciting year for the podcast. Get a whole new, uh, whole new crop of, uh, interviewees and then maybe bring some people back for their second or third round. We got to bring Baron back at one point. He's like the OG. <laughs> oh yeah. Baron. And, uh, we got to grab a few when we're at Menfluential. I may have to try and plan for that somehow. Mm, that's a good idea. Might be able to get a few weeks of uh, episodes in. Mm. All right. Well, I think we'll chat again before Menfluential because this is only the start of January. So we'll talk in February before we go, and then I'll see you in real life. Uh, oh, maybe in February. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm trying to I'm trying to get out to I'll probably be in New York again in the first quarter and then I'm working on a meetup in San Francisco uh, maybe in February so people can stay tuned for that but thanks for listening all the way through if you've stuck around yeah thanks and we'll uh, give you updates and everything else on our channels and we'll talk to you guys soon all right all right felt like that was as long as it needed to be. Yeah, could have gone on. <laughs> I know.